Welcome to the Driven Real Estate Podcast by Remax Hallmark, where we interview top performing realtors, listen to their ideas, strategies, and advice so we can raise the bar and make your story a success story. Here's your host, John Der Perez. Hey everybody, this is John Der Perez. Thank you for tuning in to the Driven Real Estate Podcast by Remax Hallmark. Today I'm joined by Barbara Brindle as she hosts this episode of the podcast. Barbara interviews today's guest who shares with us her journey from a new agent to earning the Remax 100% Club Award in just her second year of being in the real estate business. She outlines a specific strategy she used when she started in real estate, exploring an opportunity other realtors took for granted and turned it into the momentum she needed to build a loyal client base. She tells us how she keeps her business accountable as a way of measuring her success, and the one word her clients describe her as, which signifies a quality you should have if you want to succeed in the real estate business. Let's listen to Barbara Brindle, and let's welcome Melissa Perry. Melissa. Hi. Hi. Tell us, what is your secret to success? Well, my secret to success in this business is to be honest with everyone that I deal with, give just the most honest, real advice as possible, not to sugarcoat things, because I believe that being dishonest and not as truthful and realistic as possible does not set them up for success. And my job is to train them for success and, you know, of course, complete a transaction, but that starts with setting everyone up for success. And also... um, being approachable and friendly and someone that my clients could see themselves going out for dinner or coffee with because I believe that establishing that kind of rapport helps have a smoother transaction where I can get more information out of them and just have a better experience overall. Good. Sounds like just being yourself. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. Tell us, how did you get started in real estate? Well, I got started in real estate in 2014 after doing my REA courses. I was working full-time in customer service, and I had uh, just purchased uh, my second property not too long before I decided to enroll with the REA courses. And the reason I did that was because my transaction was not the experience that I wanted it to be. And I thought that uh, being able to give consumers or people I know the best possible experience that I would have wanted to receive is how I can make the home purchasing or home selling uh, process a bit more enjoyable. Fantastic. And when you started, what was your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? Well, my biggest challenge was I needed to save. I knew coming into the business, I needed to save money. And I did save money, but it unfortunately did, it was starting to run out really quickly. And that made me, it it sort of changed my personality temporarily for a while. And I was kind of down. There wasn't, I didn't find, I wasn't able to find anybody who was really truly able to show me the ropes. Um, I knew what to do, but I needed more experience in doing what I knew how to do. Like for example, finding qualified clients. I knew how to qualify someone to be my client and knew how to do the necessary paperwork to complete the transaction, but I didn't have those people to experience that with. And once I figured out some out-of-the-box ways to lead generate myself, I was uh, able to effectively put what I knew to experience and complete some transactions and then um, be able to build a 
a good uh, client base as a foundation to growing the business. So if I can just circle back to that for a minute, because I think that that's a common thing that happens to people when they start in the industry. So knowing what to do, but not having the opportunity to mm-hmm. do it. So tell us what, what did you do? How did you, how did you solve that problem for yourself? I learned in my residential stage three course, not to shy away from rental clients. A lot of seasoned, experienced agents do not want to spend their time with these kind of transactions. So I was able to find a few agents who had these types of opportunities and they fed those leads to me. Uh, I also advertised other agents listings and was able to do some basic lead gen myself. Once I was able to complete a few transactions and people were really truly wowed with the experience that I was able to give them, they started referring me to other people and I was able to maintain those relationships with people and actually convert some of those renters into buyers who now I stay in touch with and there have been opportunities for me to even help some of their friends with different types of transactions. So if your sphere of influence is uh, not the strongest when you're in the business because those are the only people you truly know and know that what we're doing, if you've been smart enough to tell them, you know, it's, it's hard to find people who don't know you. So that was, yeah, that was really the best best thing I could so do. So you really started, your basics you started was uh, actually through being referred from other realtors. Yes, yeah. Uh, a type of business that, that maybe they weren't interested in doing. Exactly. And, and you marketed yourself in that regard. Yes. Excellent. Yes, for a while I did. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So tell us, what does your day typically look like? How structured or unstructured um, are you? Well, I, I actually try to be very structured. Um, I'm in, enrolled in a coaching program, the Tom Ferry program, and my coach has me send what I want my schedule to look like for the week. So I try to use time blocking to first um, schedule personal time for myself because if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of my business. And that's really important for everyone to know, especially new agents um, who are really, they want to be go-getters and do everything, but you can't do everything. Because if you try to do everything, you're going to be neglecting yourself. And um, I trust me, I learned. I almost like broke down um, because I was trying to do too much. So um, time blocking is really important, but realistically, there's not always the opportunity to stick to the schedule that you try and make. So I try to set my time block schedule as a goal and try to stick to that schedule as much as possible. So what I my typical day is I start business at 9 o'clock in the morning. So before 9 o'clock, I do not touch my phone, I do not read an email, I do not make a phone call because before 9 o'clock is my time. And um, I've set my business up so it, it functions very well for me that way. And between, in the mornings, what I do is all of my follow-ups, my uh, phone calls, my emails, text messages, anything that's 911, I address that right away um, at home before I come into the office. And I usually try to be in the office before, by ten, between 10 and 11. And um, during that time, uh, I try to do, as part of my coaching uh, program, it's called an hour of power where that is uninterrupted time. So I do not respond to emails, text messages. I don't take any other phone calls. That time is specifically for me to be reaching out to my clients, past, present, or prospect. 
that is it's considered like sacred time and the goal for that is is to do it at least three to five times a well three to five times a week roughly and then in the afternoon I'll try to uh, fit in any appointments I have like business related appointments and in the afternoon uh, sorry in the late afternoon and evenings is when I'll usually do of showings and or other appointments it just it depends on what the uh the schedule of the person that I'm working with is um because while we try to have a structured day we also have to structure both our schedules and our minds to have some flexibility as well because where there's not flexibility you may lose business and yeah excellent so if i can just elaborate a little bit on mm. daily schedules because I think that's an important conversation that we like to have yep. with people and also for us to learn and listen. If if there's a week that goes by or a day that goes by, what is your internal dialogue say to you that's an absolute must that you just won't go home at night until it's done or you will say no to other things until it's done? Is Do you have sort of a compelling thing that you must get done at the end of a week or at the end of a month? relating to your business? Well, I do. Actually, I like to do my own bookkeeping. I'm not a huge numbers person, but if by the end of the month, I'd say even by the third week of the month, if I haven't at least started my bookkeeping, mentally I feel like my business is in disarray um, because I like to be as organized as possible and I like analyzing my business costs to know if I've spent too much on business-related expenses but have not seen the return. So, and by recapturing... So, following your numbers, tracking your numbers, knowing your yes, numbers. That's I, a good takeaway. I track both um, my transact, like my gross commission numbers, but also my expenses. Because if, if there's not any sort of good relation between the two, you know, it's, you're, you're not, your business isn't really balancing itself. So, you so. want to make sure you can course correct before Absolutely. it gets too late. Absolutely. Good. Very good. What keeps you motivated to perform at the level that you perform? Because... It, if I can acknowledge, you've had your best year in real estate, mm-hmm. you're four years in, mm-hmm. 2017 was a banner year for you, mm-hmm. and uh, 2018 is looking very promising. So what keeps you motivated to perform at this level? Um, what keeps me motivated is I have a bit of a sink or swim mentality. It's uh, So if I'm not swimming, I, I feel like I'm sinking. Um, I know that's not the most positive thing, but it really does keep me motivated because I, I, don't, I can't be happy unless I feel like I'm sustaining myself. And, you know, I, I really have desires to eventually pay off my mortgage in full. So by working a lot and working, really working smart, not necessarily a lot, but working smart and effectively, I can build my bank where I can pay completely pay off my mortgage and hopefully save for a second property and travel. That's, you know, I want to be able to travel more and, you know, reward myself for a good work done, for a good job done. Fantastic. Just because of, you know, who you are and, and the voice of, of someone emerging in their career, and I, and I see you to be that person, so there's a lot of, a lot of people that will listen to this. Your clients, if, if I was to interview your clients, mm-hmm. what would be the one word they would use to describe you or the one thing they would say oh, about wow. you? It's really hard to pick one word because I actually did ask a lot of my question, my clients this question last year. And what came up? Accessible. Great. Accessible. Like I was, you can reach, you, you reach me, you call me, I answer the phone, you text me, I respond in a pretty timely manner. That's uh, in this fast paced business. If you can't reach the person that you've hired 
to do such a big, important job for you, then, I mean, in my opinion, if, if you can't reach them, you, maybe you've hired the wrong person. Well, and it sounds like that's important to your clients, too. That's yeah. why it came up. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. And we've got new people listening to this podcast. We have people that uh, maybe didn't have such a great year in 2017. Um, what would your advice be to realtors going into this new year? My advice would be stay positive. Um, it's, it's a really hard business. And um, especially for people in the first year, it's hard. And there are moments where you will feel discouraged. You may feel discouraged. And um, just keep on trucking and take advantage of every opportunity that you possibly have because you never know what kind of business you can get from any person you meet and what kind of, you know, what you never you don't know who that person is. So treat every person like a potential client, a potential client, and be friendly with them. And especially if you're a new agent, be very careful with what you're investing in your business and where you're investing in your business. If you're not sure of something, ask around. Ask other agents. Being part of Remax Hallmark, we are a very honest, sharing, collaborative group of people. And if you don't know the answer to a question, there's always someone who can answer that question and help you. And I've found a lot of value in being a part of such a wonderful sharing community where I don't feel like we're really competing with each other. I feel like we're kind of working, working things out with each other. And I think that's a really important, really important thing to feel when being new to this business. So don't ever be afraid to ask questions. Find someone who you trust and get along with in this business and, and really see if there's anything they can show you and, and help you with. Because learning in this business can be very hard if you don't know where to really learn it from. We offer some really great training courses, and while they do teach foundations and how to really build your business, there's some opportunity, not opportunity, some experiences you just, you cannot learn at the training center unless you're immersed in it, in that experience. So if, if there's any agent that can sort of mentor you through those things, um, you know, take advantage of that opportunity. That's a great message. Stay plugged in, stay mm -hmm. connected, yep. and... Uh don't isolate, be involved and yep. collaborate with others. That's fantastic. Yep. Thank you so much You're for your welcome. time here today. We're You're glad welcome. to interview you. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Driven Real Estate Podcast. To listen to more success stories, visit our website at hallmarkdriven.com.